So we're here at River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Alabama, hosting a move of God, hosting a move of God in Alabama and Tuscaloosa County. We are hosting that move of God. And I can tell you, we're picking up momentum. We are we're uh, like that train that goes downhill on greased rails, 80 miles an hour. We are we cannot be stopped. Hallelujah. Turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. Let's start there. We're ministering on who are you and what can you do with your one and only life? That's a good question. If you can answer it, you're one of few. Acts chapter 10. Who are you? Your main mission, family, all of us, mine, yours, everybody's, is to know who you are in Christ Jesus. That you, it's not like, well, how about healing? Find out who you are, and then you'll find out what you can have and what you can do. What about prosperity, uh, being funded? Find out who you are. What about spiritual warfare? Find out who you are. You won't have to fool with that stuff. Just find out who you are. It's already done. So here we are, finding out who we are, who he made us at the new birth. Say the new birth. That happened. That's that's your, your anniversary, your birthday, your Christmas, your Mother's Day all rolled into one and much, much more. When you got born again, it all happened. And yet for many people, it was an uneventful life because of the things that were going on. But everything happened. I want to say something up front. I want to I want to make this the hallmark of what you should be paying attention to tonight is that the kingdom of God is fair. That's it right there. You go, well, that's nothing. We already knew that. No, we don't. The church, this church, for whatever measure we know it, but it's one of the most misunderstood truths that the kingdom of God is fair. And everybody would agree with it and say, well, sure, of course it is. But then what comes out of their mouth next just blatantly disproves how they think that works. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, Peter opened his mouth. Hallelujah. And said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. Say with me. God is no respecter of persons. So as special as you are, you're not so special that nobody else is just as special. He is no respecter of persons. The Amplified says that God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. No partiality. Now, everybody would say, well, we know that. Let's move on. But uh, like I said, how you live your life determines what you believe. Not what you say you believe. The Passion Translation says God doesn't show favoritism with people, but treats everyone on the same basis. God does not show favoritism with people. So you can't have something unless everybody can have it. And nobody's having something that you can't have. Did you get that? Yeah. Pastor Buzzy always said once uh, AIDS has been cured, it's in the body of Christ. All AIDS can be cured. So once you've seen it, you can believe it for everybody because he's no respecter of persons. And I want to tell you something up front tonight. We don't have long, but I'm going to tell, say this. It is a strong accusation 
be not deceived. It's a strong accusation to be said to, for anyone to say or imply, I'm mad at God. To have any kind of effect or any kind of change of attitude or behavior because they are disappointed in God. It shows extreme immaturity and you're just dumb as a stump. It's just, it's just, it's so far and it's very, it's dangerous. Playing with Ouija boards is so much more than charting out your future or whatever those things do. Tarot cards, uh, witchcraft, even witchcraft is defined in the Bible as manipulation and control. And it's, it's very serious. Now, the Lord, he'll protect you and ignorant is everywhere. And he's helping us all in our ignorance get to a place of understanding. But it is a strong accusation against the kingdom of God and the king of the kingdom to be mad at him for any reason. Because the hallmark of the kingdom is he's fair. He's no respecter of persons. And he holds his word up higher than his name. Not only do people say, I, I say this and I say that, but when you go to nail them down, well, they say, I didn't say that. So it takes a brave and a very, very honest entity to write it down. And he wrote it down. And so we can, we can verify what he said, what he meant, what he was trying to prove. We can go back over it over and over and over. So what we're saying when we're mad at God, listen, is that I have an unfair life. You ever thought of that? I have an unfair life. I'm mad at him because something is working against me or not working for me. And it's not fair, implying that somebody else has an advantage or an inroad to something. That is more fair than what you're getting. In other words, I'm getting a raw deal, a bad shake. The Lord is not in control. The only way the Lord could be in control is if there's an advantage for someone over somebody else. If he's not in control, then it's like someone, and I use this loosely, but uh, shuffling a deck of cards, 52 cards, shuffle them up and deal them out. And there's no hanky-panky, no hokey-pokey, but deal them out and pick up your cards and accuse the dealer or the card company that you got an unfair hand. And we just know, well, that's, that's in the truest sense. I know, I know, you know, that there's, but in the truest sense, life is fair. Life is not fair in that the devil perverts and pollutes what you and I get. But from our side, who we know, we know God is fair. The kingdom of God is fair. He's impartial. What he'll do for anyone, he'll, he'll do for everyone. And what he, what he stands against in one person, he stands against in all. So we're, we're comparing that to like a politician or someone that has gain, that's in competition and has a gain. In sports, we even understand. All these things are jaded, but we understand, except for the referees who may have a personal bias. And that's rare, maybe not as rare as we want. But in sports, the game is fair because the rules are set before the beginning of the game and everyone agrees to the rules. And so if, if any rule applies, it applies to both sides at all times. 
until the end of the game. And you can change the rules after the game, but during the game, all the rules are the same. Is that right? And uh, of course, the referees make a call and there's upset people because they think it is unfair, the reference there. But aside from that bias and that human factor, sports are fair. But not much anything else is. Certainly government is not fair. Certainly families are unfair. Because there's people. But God is not a people. And he's fair. And it's the hallmark of his deity based on he and his word are one. He stands by it and he upholds it greater than is even his name. Nothing else can compare to that in any religion or faith that's in the world. In Matthew 25, would you turn to Matthew 25 with me? We're talking about who are you and what can you do with your one and only life? And we're specifically ministering on, I'm in this thing right now, this is number seven, about capacity, potential. I looked it up on the thesaurus and I got achievability out of it. What is your potential? Because no one in here is satisfied with how it is right now, no matter how good it is. You, you and I should be so satisfied if you'd ever lived in Bangladesh or or Nairobi, or, uh, or uh, Botswana, Uzbekistan. What, what nations can I, what can I tell you that, that they are not comforted? They are walking a mile to water. They're, they're, there's no indoor plumbing. They're going out in the bushes every day. And that sort of life, we would say, well, oh gosh, I, I'm so satisfied and I'm so happy. I would never complain about anything. And yet, and yet, even in this elite, sub-heavenly life that we're living, we still find nerve to complain and to be dissatisfied. Y'all don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. Hallelujah. So in Matthew 25, let's look at this, this, uh, this side about being unfair. Verse, uh, verse 15. We know the story, but read it if, at another time if you don't. And he gave one, five, and under one he gave five talents. Uh, one translation says $5,000. It doesn't really matter. And to another two or 2,000, and another one or 1,000. To every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Well, that's what's happened to all of us. This is a story, but it's just a particular story about all of us. We, we know that. Uh, I looked it up in other versions, as I always do. Uh, the Amplified says, to one he gave 5,000 talents, to another two, to another one. Here it is. To each in proportion to his own personal ability. So the Lord was fair because he injected himself here, didn't he? This, he's saying this is his, he even says in verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is as it's in italics, but that's the implication there. So uh, the uh, passion version says he gave to each according to his ability to manage. So you can tell that what you and I are handling in our lives for the kingdom, if, if the Lord is fair and he is that it's according to our ability to manage. 
It's not the same. Not everybody gets gets past. Not everybody gets dealt four aces. So uh, the uh, Bible base the Bible in basic English. I looked it up, sir. I, I wrote it down this time. Uh, to everyone as he was able, he gave to everyone as he was able. The master was fair. Obviously, as we read the story, we see that if he'd given five to all of them, we might have had a blowout. Uh, the new century says to each one as much as he could handle. So it can be kind of disconcerting when you wake up one day and look at your life and assess it and say, let's do a summary here of my life. And you say, well, you know, not much going on. But he gave to each one as much as he could handle. Uh, the, uh, the, new, the, the Weymouth says, to each according to his individual capacity. First version I found with the word capacity in it. Gave to each one according to his individual capacity. So you and I are loaded. We are, we're tapped out. We, we're at the top of initially how much we could handle. And the Lord says in Corinthians, he said, uh, no one has been given more than he can handle. Is that right? No temptation shall overtake you is more than you can handle. Uh, so the story, we're not going to go through the story. We don't have time for that. But the story is, is that he came back. The one with 5,000 brought 10. The one with 2,000 brought four. So they doubled, which apparently right here, the double was it. Uh, uh, let's see what the double is. I wrote down doubling the investment must have been the standard for faithfulness. So what if a guy had come in and said, I, I only did 150%. Would he have got thrown into the guy with the one? We don't know because they both doubled. So we know that based on this, whatever the Lord gives you could be that he wants in some measure for you to double what you started out with. In other words, he's going to add to you and you're going to be able to produce a double in your life. However you want to measure that, we're, we're, we're not going to pick that apart. But we can see there that in this story, the double was the standard for the, for the man saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee master over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then, uh, uh, in verse 21 and 23 in the Passion, he says, this is interesting in the passage. He says, you've done well because you've been a faithful steward to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. What if this was the way it operated right now? What if everything was based on this being true and being applicable to our lives? In other words, this is how it is. You go, well, I wonder how the kingdom works. He's telling us right here. I put things in your life that are peculiar and unique and specific to you. Things that nobody has besides your fingerprints and your irises. But I want a return on that. I, I want you not to squander it, not to go bury it, not to just live your life. That survey that uh, they took of Christians and what, what am I, what's your purpose on the earth? And 66% of them or so said to live in the pleasures of God's nature. That was their 
That was their calling. That was their... Oh my. So you realize how weak and how impotent the body of Christ is. Uh, so he said, well done, well done. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you master over much. So apparently doubling was the standard for faithfulness, but a greater stewardship was the standard of reward. You'd think, well, now, Lord, I, I knocked it down. You gave me five grand. I brought you ten. Can I have the rest of the year off? I mean, you, you, might, you might could think in those terms that, hey, good job. Let's, let's, let's kick back. But that was not the standard for stewardship. The standard for stewardship was more stewardship. Could be. Then we look in, in, in so, so we know the kingdom of God is fair, but it's not equal. Fair, but not equal. And we joke, and I joke, and it's true. If you hear me sing, you'll say, thank God it's not equal. Thank, thank God we're not all crows like him, just, just squawking out something. But it's so much more than that, and of course we know that. Uh, and we, we alone have to discover our own gift. It's not like you can send off and get a, get a, a checklist back and say, well, according to uh, heaven's records, this is what was downloaded at your birth. You were downloaded, or at your new birth. This is what was downloaded. That might help. So we have to discover it ourselves. Yes. Amen. So you know Luke 12, 48, but let's read it. For unto, whom, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So the kingdom is reverse or opposite or, or antithetical, antithetical to the world who says the more you, the more you produce, the more you can rest because you've banked all this money and you've, you've got all this position and you can dictate your future. But the kingdom says the greatest in the kingdom will be the servant of all. So as you give yourself to be a servant, he said, good job. We're going to make you twice as much servant of twice as many things. And he says, you can rejoice now. You can be glad. It's, it's happy time. Uh, the New Living says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. Now, that's the kingdom. To whom is given much. Now, in Hollywood or in sports, to whom much is given, much is exploited. Much is demanded. Much is, they try out to be this and to be that and make millions. Signing bonus of, can you imagine a signing bonus of $50 million dollars? I know it is, but that's that's all we got, Pamela. That's all we got. So the uh, but look at first Corinthians 12, 18. But now God has set the members severally. Set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. So he's fair. He's he's fair to joy and fair to me. I might look at Joy and say, you know, God, this isn't fair because Joey's doing this and got that or anyone for that matter. It's not 
It's not a mocking because just because I'm here in this position, much is required. If, 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 if this is the demonstration of much is given, and I'm not saying it is, but certainly much is required, and, and it would be no different out there. Y'all say amen when you get it so we can move on here. So, so we, it's like, it's fair. Whatever it is, whatever you think you are, if, you're a, if, you're, if you think you're a nobody from nowhere doing nothing, well, then, then it's fair. Whatever that is, is fair. And if you desire and you, you promote yourself to get out there and be something and sing, have a singing career, or make money and everything, you just need to know it was always in you from him above, from the kingdom, and he's going to exact all of it back. And we've always said if the usher does a better job at ushing than the pastor does of pastoring, he will have a better reward. And so there's a lot of them, I think. I think, you know, what I'm thinking. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Matthew 20. You're right there in the, in the 25s. Look in Matthew 20. Now, I'm going to step over into a scripture here that no one ever teaches on that I know of. But here we go. Matthew 20. For under the kingdom of heaven, I liked them. When they say the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God, is likened to a man that is a householder. So he's a businessman, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Verse 2. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Now, a penny a day back in that day was a base rate. I mean, young as I am, I remember hoeing cotton for 50 cents an hour. So it's not like it's always been what it is right now. And, but you, you could buy a car for 2400 or whatever. So back to this. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right... Whatever is the rate of exchange, which they all knew, I will give you. And they went their way. And he went out about, uh, he went, again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye all day idle? They say unto him, Because no one hired us. He saith unto him, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, whatsoever is right, that also ye receive. So when even was come, and the law of the land back then was, you don't withhold a wage overnight. You pay every evening. Whatever you hired, and it was against, it was against the law, it was considered evil to hold back till the next day. So he said, so when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the last unto the first. So the guy that was hired, what, at the 11th hour was paid first. And when they came, they were hired about the 11th hour. They received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they would have received more and they likewise received every man a penny. 
you know something's fixing to happen. The labor unions are pushing in. The, the ACLU or whatever else is out there. And when, not disparaging them, I'm just, I've seen them. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, these last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he, the good man, the master, the householder, he answered one of them and said, friend, I do, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou agree with me for a penny? Didst thou agree with me for a penny? Did thou agree with me for a penny? And we all know the answer is yes. Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. It is not lawful. Is it not lawful for me to do that which I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? And here it is, verse 16. So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Well, that's, that's got all sorts of little things in it, doesn't it? Uh, and we're talking about God being fair. And then you look at this householder. That seems to be anything but fair. But it said here, it's the, it's the kingdom of God. So, so what is this? Uh, verse 16 in the Passion. Everyone is invited, but few are chosen. Okay, let's, let's get this back to what was actually said. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Why are few chosen? If many are invited, it's unfair not to choose them. You invite them so you can choose them. He invited them to go into his vineyard. So he worked them. They worked. And so he paid them. That's how it be. But the context here in this is that many are invited or many are called, but few choose. Or I wrote down here, this is kind of funny, but few qualify to be chosen. Few, I found that scripture in 2 Timothy 2.5, and of a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. So if you went into the vineyard and you didn't work, then you might not get paid. That would be fair. But they apparently all did work. So there's some things that are fair, but appear not to be fair. And that's where people complain and raise their fist or their mouth or words to God and say, this isn't fair because I'm having a harder time than him. All he does is skate in and here I am knocking at the door year after year and nothing seems to work. Uh, everyone is invited, but few choose. Few choose to qualify to be chosen. Are you all there? Few choose to qualify. In other words, you had to work. You had to go into the vineyard and do whatever they were doing in the vineyard. I, tilling grapes or cutting grapes or whatever they were doing. Uh, it, the word is contend. Contend for your place. Few are, many are called, but few choose 
few contend to be chosen. In other words, there's a bar and everybody that reaches the bar gets paid. And everybody in the kingdom that reaches the bar gets promoted. Okay. Uh, you're in Matthew 20. Go back to 25, please. Let's look at a scripture that we looked at uh, two or three weeks ago. And I'm telling you, you need to squeeze this scripture out. You need to meditate this scripture. It's been one of the most powerful things that I've, how do you say, stumbled or fell into or the Lord led me to, whatever. But it is so powerful. I have figured out everybody. I figured out their life by this scripture. I, I can tell. Now the answer is to uh, why are you having such a hard time? Why do you go to work? And, and seemingly do well, but you don't have anything. At the end of the month, at the end of the six months, you're just like when you started. How come that doesn't work? And yet these people over here are making less money or supposedly probably have a less skill set. And yet they're doing good. They're happy. They're, they're, they're moving along. Well, it's in verse uh, 20, uh, 29. Well, 28, therefore take the talent from him and give it unto him which hath 10 talents. Now, right there, that seems unfair. So right now, right there, you can tell that we would rather that the Lord, if he's going to take it away, he doesn't give it to the guy with 10. He gives it to the guy with four. Because we all like to level the playing field. We wouldn't give it to the guy that's already rich, already got money everywhere we'd give it to the down and outer or the less up and outer. Is that right? Okay. Hang in there. We're going to get it. Give it to him which hath ten talents. That is fair. Okay, whatever we have to do to, to make everything else line up to that, that is what the word says. That's what the Lord Jesus said was fair. So if we have a different sense of equity or fairness or that doesn't line up with this, we're mistaken. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. Well, then he said in verse 29, he said four. So he's going to explain verse 28 that says, take it away from the one that has that the one that was buried. Give it to the one who has tenth. Ten. Verse 29, for unto everyone that hath shall be given. It has to be that way. That is the kingdom. We know that water always, always, always runs downhill. It always runs downhill. It doesn't matter what illusion or what configuration. It always runs downhill. And the one who hath always gets more for unto him everyone that hath shall be given so you want to attract more then you have to hath you have to you have to take care you have to be a steward over who you are everyone has been given a portion that's fair well if I just had an IQ I didn't tell you all the other day when we was talking about IQ that if you get to a certain IQ Mental illness comes in because you cannot be satisfied. There's no challenge. You have no peers, no friends, because they're all like 
stay away from that because, you know, you one eye is reading this page and this one's reading the other page and every eight, eight seconds you're turning, you glance at the phone book one page, just glance, open it, shut it, and you can write every name and every number that is on that page. These people are not happy. The extreme of that is not happy. And mental illness comes in, they don't, they're, they're all messed up. So, happily, we're all right in the middle somewhere. So, <laughs> we're the happiest of all people. So, back to that. For unto everyone that hath shall be given. So, let's say that together. For unto everyone that hath shall be given. So, if you hath, whatever that is, whatever that is, you got to get that. Because when you get that, more shall be given. What else attracts anything to you? Nothing. Even given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with what measure you measure, it shall be measured unto you. Well, what's that all about? Well, it's a half. Give. Well, that means you, you're, you have. You give, and you're giving in order to circulate the system, to transact. So we got to be hathers. People fail. They, they're under the bridge. They can't make it happen. It doesn't matter what their IQ is. It doesn't matter what their education. It doesn't matter what the, the court said. We, we pardon you. We let you go. It's as if it never happened. It's, it's, if you don't hath, you're going back. And isn't that what happens to those that don't hath? And it goes on to say there, and he shall have abundance. So if you and I want to have abundance, we've got to get a hold of what we hath. So we, the way you measure what you hath, have, what you hath, is by putting in, it into play. You take your 5,000 and you go do business with who you are, what you have, what you can do. You go do business with what you, you don't compare. I'm not, I'm not trying to outsing somebody, obviously. I'm not trying to outnumber or outmathematize somebody. That's not my deal. But I do have some gifts. We all have some things. We're all hathers. It's, it's, the, it's fair, but it's not equal. And so we have to say, what do I have? We got to do an assessment. Who am I? Well, I'm not a, a 5,000 talent guy or whatever that was. I'm a two. But it doesn't matter if I'll take what I have and double it. I'll be in good a shape as the guy that's running the big horses. And if the guy that had one had just turned his one, he would have been a well done. He would have been a hather. This verse follows that verse, that story, that parlay. This verse is there to demonstrate if you don't know what you have and do with what you have, you will be a hath not. And it says... From him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. So the mystery solved. Why are some people like they are? Well, they just, they just didn't have business sense or they just couldn't read or they just couldn't sing or they just couldn't whatever. No, 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 that's not it. That may be the particular impediment and challenge they had to overcome. But I'm telling you, every one of us in here has had to overcome something. Nobody got it all. Nobody got a free ride. Nobody got it where, well, I'm, I was born rich. That won't even put you over. 
Because the rich have got to do something with their wealth. And if they squander it, then they are a hath not even with a million dollars. They're a hath not. And even that which they hath is taken away. So you see lottery winners. You see people with big inheritances that don't have any network, have no superstructure inside of them to handle money. They, they quickly, their hath nots, they, that money just flows through them like a saying. Uh, 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 sieve, yeah. Excuse me. Thank you. It just runs right through them. And in five years, they statistically say they're in debt. Because they have no clue. They're a half not. It explains everything. Now, you may not agree with me, but I'm fully and totally satisfied. I have discovered what the Lord was saying here. And it fits everything that's in that. Well, what's that mean? It just means wake up, Michael, wake up. You don't have to be a rock star. You don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be the best that ever's been. You don't have to even compete with anybody. You just got to find out, figure out, look up and say, who am I and what am I, can I do with what I have? Even if I'm a one talent guy, I mean, five times more over here, two times, over, but I'm a one talent guy. I can get the attaboy at the end of the road. It's a great day, y'all, because I'm not comparing myself to Billy Graham or Roberts or any other preacher or any other entity or minister or whatever in that particular vocational line of work that I happen to be in. I'm not comparing myself to anyone. As a matter of fact, using their methods and their their whatevers might get me to the back of the line. Because it wouldn't fit here. So I might be assigned to River Church. I might be assigned here. Bless your darling hearts. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, so this story here, this story. Why do the guys that showed up at the 11th hour get paid as much as the guy that's born the heat and the, and, the, and, the, and the sun all day? Because it's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is if you got born again when you were seven years old and you started serving God, you went on mission trips, you, made, you gave your money to the... You were a perfect Christian. You never lost your faith. And the last guy to get born again as Jesus is hitting his toe in the eastern sky. I mean, he's touched down in a blink of eye. And this guy says yes to Jesus. He, he has no works whatsoever. And when we all get to heaven, everybody's going to line up Kenneth Hagin and Billy Graham and Oral Roberts right behind us or right next to us. You go like, but we, we bore the heat of the day. We were there all this time. And this guy, this slug bug, he said no all his life. And at the last minute, before he blinked out, he said yes to Jesus. It's all the same. Y'all see this? And that's what the word calls fair. There's no works in it whatsoever. You can see here, 12 hours versus one hour paid a penny paid heaven, paid the kingdom. There is no difference. So what does it mean? What is the kingdom based on? The new birth and going to heaven is based on one thing. One thing. What did you do with Jesus? Oh, I got him in my heart and then I got drunk the rest of my life. Bingo, you'll be up there with us. I know that's a hard pill. I know lots of people wouldn't agree with me, but I can prove it. 
But it doesn't matter. It's going to be like the Lord Jesus says it is and no different. If I'm wrong, it's going to be his rules. So it doesn't matter if I'm right or if I'm wrong. It'll be his rules. Do you all think that? You're like, when's the rapture coming? I can tell you when I think it is, what I believe, but it doesn't make a bit of difference. It's going to be when he says. So don't get your stuff in a snot about stuff that you can't control and that you can't, you can't change and that does not matter. Just live like it's tomorrow and then get after it. Oh, my good Lord Jesus. Now, Luke 19. Luke 19. I'm, I am. I'm hurrying. Now, we take it to the end of the clock on Wednesday nights. You know that. We, we, that early bird stuff is for Sunday if it happens. <laughs> Chapter 19. Let's look in verse 15. We're going to do this one. Verse 15. It came to pass when he was returned. Same story is in Matthew 15, only different. Listen, and it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money. It's not the same story, but it's a like story. It's similar. That he might know how much every man had gained by trading or profiting. Then came the first saying, Lord, now look at the difference. Thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. Thy one pound has gained 10 pounds. And he said in him, well done, thou good faithful servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little. What does he say there? What's the last part? Have thou authority over 10 cities. So he turned one pound or 1,000 or 100 or whatever it is into a tenfold. And the master gave him a reward of 10 cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, likewise to him, be thou over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. I feared thee, and you were, and so I said no. In verse 22, out of thine own mouth I will judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest all these things, and you didn't put me out to interest. Verse 24, truth again that's fair. And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, <laughs> properly indignant, Lord, he hath ten pounds. Do you all see that in your Bible? <laughs> Lord, this isn't fair. Be fair, Lord Jesus. He said, this is fair. For I say unto you that unto everyone that hath shall be given. And for him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. So he said to the guy that turned his one into ten, you're going to have a better reward. You're going to be over ten cities. I personally, this is just me off the record or whatever you want to say it. I believe this is a, which is a millennial scripture. I believe when we come back for the thousand years, there's going to be some 10 city people. I believe they're right here. But if you, if you pooped out before the end and you only could only turn out five, hallelujah, you'd be over five cities. But you got to turn your one pound. We all have to turn. 
And so it's amazing that y'all come back on Wednesday like you do. It's amazing that, that you're, you're going through the Bible like we are and, and valor and virtue and, and pre-service prayer. I, I'm not singing accolades that are superfluous. These are not even great things. They're just what us disciples do. It's just what we do. Because to whom much is given, much is required. We know what we've been given. The Word has illuminated us. It's, it's shown a light on us. And we say, I got some stuff. It might not compare to what Johnny Bob has over here. And Leslie Lou over here, I don't know what she's got. But I know I've got some stuff. And I'm going to report in saying, Lord, I'm working on what you gave me. A fool would say, I don't know what I am. And I don't know what I have. And I don't know what I can do. That's a fool. Christians should know. I was out of high school and in college before I knew what I was supposed to do with my life. I was clueless and I had no help whatsoever. I had no counselors. I had no parents that helped me. I was totally on my own. I was in a Baptist church that, oops, I was in the church and we, we got no help with career assignment, which means you got to pray through. You got to get down and have a but, it, but eventually, the seed fell in some soil and took off. And that's what happened to all y'all. It's, there's no luck or no happenstance or chance. So we're going to be over one city, five cities, ten cities, whatever. We are going to have a reward more than heaven. We're all going, no matter what you did and how you did it, and, 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 and believe me, you know, Serving God from the beginning is way more profitable than getting him at the last lick. Isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We, we know someone that's like, oh, we're, we're just going to get this at the last second. That way we'll, we'll pull one on God. Oh, my. Well, uh, Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man shall what? Abound with blessings. A faithful man. So there's lots of rewards. We get to go to heaven with our talents. It doesn't matter. Just double what you got and then take the one pound, take whatever you've got and just please the Lord. Please the Lord. He's the one that put them in you. Please the Lord. And I want to say this before I go. The kingdom of God is fair. Them that say that God's in control, they're saying he's biased, he's prejudiced, he's got favorites. If, uh, you know, uh, God helps them that help themselves. Well, so what about the other ones that don't help themselves? Poor little things. We're just going to kick them off to the corner. It's just not true. God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. He doesn't. He's as reliable as the grass that grows in your yard. Well, maybe more. Maybe he's as reliable as gravity and the sun coming up and all that. Oh, we're, we're going to increase and enlarge our borders, our territories. We're not, st we're not stuck, but we're not going to ever slow down and get stuck. We're moving through to get to the other side. We're getting to the other side. The stuff we need is on the other side. And we've got to get there. Amen.
Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Amen. Well, we're going to receive our midweek...